running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line In one shining moment They're frozen in time But time is short And the road is long In the blinking of an eye That moment's gone And when it's done Inside you knew that in one shining moment you reached deep inside. One shining moment you knew. Wake up, wake up, wake up, 502. Can you feel it? Can you feel the one shining moment coming? Are you ready to hear Luther do his thing as you celebrate and elevate your next national champion? Welcome in to Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, soon to be joined by Mr. Joe Kelly as well. It is going down here on a Saturday morning in Derby City uh, in the beautiful city of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, at the Palatial Studios of 96.1-1450, the Big X. Uh, and I have so many thoughts and so many things to get into. Um, of course, we have the, uh, the, the men's Final Four um, getting going today. Of course, the women's Final Four uh, went down uh, yesterday. Uh, your University of Louisville Fighting Cardinals uh, unfortunately fell at the hands of the South Carolina Gamecocks uh, and Jeff Walls uh, falls just a little bit short of his goal uh, of winning that national champion uh, championship, his first one at the University of Louisville, but uh, celebrating his fourth Final Four. Uh, definitely a lot of things to be proud of and definitely a lot of things um, that you know I, I think you can build on uh, with this, uh, th- there was a lot of conversation. I- I'm very, very excited, Haven, um, because uh, along with that, of course, we have uh, plenty of things to get into with the University of Louisville uh, men's team with uh, roster shakeout. Uh, we have some information coming on that. Uh, we have uh, some news about possible uh, coaching candidates uh, to be assistants uh, with Kenny Payne on his staff. Uh, we're going to get into that. But um, I-, I can wholeheartedly say I want to get going. And this is where we've come to and this is how we've grown um, You know, as a city and within the sports landscape is I want to talk women's basketball Haven uh, and, and and you know and it's a serious conversation like I actually got in Twitter arguments last night over women's basketball like I, I mean I know I get into a lot of uh, arguments but that that's that's one that the passion has now reached a level to where I'm arguing with fans on Twitter so like that that's a that's a step up so that that should absolutely be taken as a compliment Haven how you doing this morning sir doing very well how about yourself man I'm excited man I guess it's it's a it's a lovely day it's a little chilly um but this is my last work responsibility um, for a week. Um, I, I won't have any responsibilities to do anything until this time next Saturday uh, when I could get back up and join you guys on the friendly airwaves. But uh, about to go on vacation. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling spry. I'm feeling energetic this morning. Well-deserved, my brother. Well-deserved. Absolutely. 
Like it's it's gonna be awesome. So you know, uh, you know, with, with all that being said, man, you know, I, I'm gonna d- jump right into it. Um, uh, University of Louisville um, uh, facing uh, Aaliyah Boston, uh, probably the lock to win the uh, National Player of the Year. Um, you know, the best uh, big post uh, player uh, in all of women's. Uh, College basketball, um, South Carolina Gamecocks, uh, headed by Don Staley. Um, of course, uh, they they uh, you know kind of blew, uh, blew onto the scene uh, with Asia Wilson a couple years ago and really established themselves um, as a power. Uh, in women's college basketball, and they've uh, pretty much been there ever since. They were the wire-to-wire number one team um, throughout the year, even though they did take a couple of losses this year. Um, they were the number one overall seed in the tournament. Um, University of Louisville was a very strong underdog coming into the game. They were eight-point uh, dog, even though Louisville was a one seed. Um which did not sit well uh, with Coach Walls and uh, the rest of the crew. Um, but you know what? They, they came out. And, of course, if you want to get in, um, I'd love. There's so many people out there. And, and any of you Twitter tough guys out there, if any of y'all want to want to text in, tweet in, call in, and y'all got something to say to me, 384-1450 is the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. I would love to have you on my airways with me with me if you're too scared to get on the on the mic with me then please text in 414-1450 twitter tough guys twitter tough guys always trying like to that. trying to talk crazy i like that term yeah yeah that's what they are they they, they, they talk big with their little fingers on their little phone behind anonymous walls but this one of the things they would literally never say to you in front of you ever I man you know like i've never been like on the receiving end of the uh of the, of the Twitterverse, of the Twitterati, if you will. <laughs> yes, I, I, you see me get yelled at all the you time. Yeah, <laughs> but it never happens to me. And I say like some outlandish stuff, and like nobody ever comes for me. But for some reason, the Will Smith of the West End gets all sorts of <laughs> shenanigans coming his way. It's ridiculous. <laughs> now, I will say this now. I get more harassed on Facebook than anything else. So at least I get yes. to see who's coming for me. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's I, I'm always getting it. I, I don't know why that is. That it just seems <laughs> that I am a lightning rod because uh, you know, of course, like like we talked about, Louisville lost the game last night. Um, you know, they they fought, they got down big early. Um, in my opinion, because of nerves, they were nervous to be on the big stage. That whole first quarter, they basically spent shooting air balls throwing layups way too hard off the backboard, got down 11-2 to start the game. And it seemed like that deficit lost them the game. Like that 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 very shaky um, kind of fearful uh, first quarter – uh, facing a South Carolina team that had just been there and became uh, and came within a shot uh, of uh, putback of going to the national championship game last year, um, South Carolina was ready for the moment. Um, they were calm, they were collected, and they got it done. Um, you know, and, and I think that they took advantage of Louisville's inexperience uh, to really push out on them early. And uh, you know, my assessment as I looked at it, I, I you know, in one of my earlier tweets, I. You know, complimented Louisville on at least keeping the game semi-close. Uh, they were only down seven at the end of the first quarter, and I said that they needed to win the second quarter uh, and, you know, kind of close the, the game down within a couple of possessions. And they actually did that. They were only down six at the half. They should have only been down probably four. Um, but uh, they had a couple – issues uh, down the last minute of the quarter at, at the end you know right before halftime they ended up down six uh, but in the second half uh, South Carolina especially with their size they have tremendous size and, and athleticism with that size uh, that just was too much 
for for Louisville, and you know Haley Van Lith was pretty much on lockdown the whole game. Emily Inksler played an amazing game, eighteen points, nine boards, several steals. I, she either set the I, I'll have to check to make sure, but she I believe she either set the record for steals in the NCAA tournament or she tied it. Um, so so I know that coming into the game, she was only a couple of steals short of. Uh, setting a record for most steals in a single tournament so uh, she played excellent um you know i i think olivia cochran um for for being understized uh, did a good job uh scoring and and being aggressive with uh Aaliyah boston um so she did her thing but louisville's guards got outclassed um and, and that is something that I, I just noted um is jeff walls and and this is the problem Jeff Walls is a guy who has built his program around uh, guards uh, and around guard play, uh, and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I like that. I mean, we, we've seen Asia Durr, of course, Andrew McCotry, who was, of course, more of a forward. We saw Shoney Showtime Schimmel uh, and, and all those different players uh, that have come through the University of Louisville. Uh, but what Louisville's always been missing, of course, is uh, size. Um, that that's always been kind of the bugaboo uh, for for Louisville um, is that they haven't had that size, and it was just once again last night. Um, you saw that size kind of come home to roost, and unfortunately, South Carolina was just too big. Uh, you know, they, they were big. Uh, they, they were probably bigger at four spots than Louisville was at their center position. Like uh, uh, Cochran and Inksler, South Carolina's. You know two guard was as big as those girls and, and it just makes it very very difficult uh to win when you're giving up that much size uh you know what, what where the men's game is definitely all about the guard play and and that's where we've moved to in 2022 the women's game is still very much about post players uh you know and, and if you have a couple of six five six sixes uh you can pretty much dominate uh, the game uh, and and that's pretty much the, the the difference in the game Louisville had so much problem and so much trouble um, getting shots down low that I, I simply uh, Haven all I did was send out a tweet and I said you know I know coach Walls loves his guard play and I know he loves that that defense and being able to get out there and create turnovers and and all the all that chaos they ain't big enough they're not big enough. They haven't been big enough. And every big player that he's recruited, um, he's run off. At least the ones that have an elite amount of talent. He's he's gotten a couple of big post players. Sierra Johnson is one, and there's another young lady from Hawaii whose name um, I cannot remember. Over the last couple of years, probably the last uh, three or four years, um, young lady from Hawaii uh, that they recruited as well that ultimately ended uh, up leaving the program. Both of those players were McDonald's All-American post players, um, and they got run off. Um, and he's just opted to go with this small ball. And, and while that small ball has been good for Louisville to win a lot of games and to really elevate their profile nationally, I just feel like you ain't going to get over the hump until you get bigger. Because when you look at UConn, you look at Stanford, you look at South Carolina, you look at Baylor, all those teams have monsters down low. Period. Big bang, take little bang. If you're guarding me in the post, I have a good – what, eight inches on you? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I got a good eight inches on you. You may be as quick as you want to be, but it's going to be a whole lot harder for you to score on me than it is going to be for me to score on you. Well, you know, like, I may be able to use skill and talent for 
you know, if we're playing like a full basketball game, right? Mm-hmm. I can beat you to the spot. I can run down a court faster and things of that nature. I can be a little quicker with my moves. And on defense, I could do things to kind of keep you out. But eventually, I'm going to get tired. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's kind of the way that it works. I mean, at some point, you're going to get tired. And it's just a lot harder de- degree of difficulty. I mean, Denny Crum used to always talk about it. You know, the per- you play the percentages. Yeah. And especially, like, when you're not running up and down. Like, you're not like a fast break type of team where you're constantly, like, trying to drive and run and do things of that nature. You know, when you get in a half-court set, then I can't really utilize my speed as much as I want to, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, and that's that's right there is the problem. That that's the issue with um with, with where Louisville's at right now. And, and and to their credit, you know the the the, the Jeff Walls army of people that just want to support. And just be blinded by support, which is kind of the world that we live in right now for some reason, where anytime you have an, uh, an opinion or a criticism of anybody, um, whoever supports that person just to basically gets on there and tells you to shut up. You don't know what you're talking about and talks about all of the um, accolades of the person in which you're criticizing. And I say all that to say both things can be true. Jeff Walls is an excellent coach. Jeff Walls completely changed the women's basketball program. Before Jeff Walls got there, Louisville had been to one Sweet 16 in their history. Now uh, they, they go to the Sweet 16 every year, and they've been to four Final Fours. All those things are absolutely true, but guess what's also true, Haven? No chips. To make that next step, he's going to have to embrace playing some some larger bigger players i mean that 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 both things can be true you have done an excellent job of building louisville into a national brand building louisville into a top five brand and and a top five power team but the difference between you and all the rest of those folks size is that size you know it's almost like how we (laughs) how we had that conversation the same conversation in the fall about U of us football team yeah and not having the size in the trenches. Absolutely. And then when you face bigger teams like, like UK, this a, a power team that's built to run you over, we get ran over. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's one of those things where you can you can win that way, right? You can win when you're small and you're fast, but it makes it a lot more difficult, if, yep. if, if that makes sense. Your like, shots have to fall. Yeah, you have to be able to shoot an amazing percentage a lot of times to be able to win that way. You have to be able to hit some difficult shots. You have to take more than seven threes in the game. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't even get their threes off. Like, poor Haley Van Lith, her first two or three shots in the game got blocked <laughs> because Haley's only 5'9", and the girl that they had guarding her was like 6'1", 6'2", and could move. And that she just couldn't get a, she couldn't get away from her to get a get a shot away, and you know that that made all the difference in the world. Once again, that size, and like I said, that's not to say that that you know Haley and and these other uh, ladies aren't good enough. What you have to do is surround Haley with some some players that you know can 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 throw some elbows and get out there. I mean, you know, Emily's awesome uh, at six six two six three. She's doing things you know things for her size that are, are uncommon, which is why. She was able to affect the game so much, but at the end of the day, Big Bank took Little Bank Haven, and you know, I, I, that, so sometimes you just have to to, to deal with that. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I'm a I, all I'm saying is I think that you can c- c- compliment Jeff Walls, but if you want to mo- move to that next level, I think it's okay to have a little criticism. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. You know, I understand that he is by far the most successful women's basketball coach in like Louisville's history. And we applaud that. I mean, 
way the way he built this program is nothing short of spectacular. I mean, we are now like considered one of the top tier programs in women's basketball. But if we're going to get the ball rolling and build that dynasty, like you had at UConn or University of Tennessee, and currently now South Carolina, you know we have to win a chip, and the only way to win that chip is you have to ad- adapt to the way the game is played today, and and that's a size that we just have to have more size. Now, whether it's bigger guard play, that's fine. If he wants to keep smaller guards that are quick and fast, right? Okay, then just. Get bigger talent down low. Yeah, that, that three, four, and five spot. You know, I mean, because Olivia Cochran is playing the center position right now, and Emily Inksler is playing the four. So, how about you have a big post player? You know, like Liz Dixon, uh, who they have on the bench at six five. You know, move Dixon into that that starting five. Slide. Cochran over one spot and then slide Emily over to three. Now you got a little bit more size to deal with, but the problem is you don't have those experienced players behind them. And, and that's the thing about women's college basketball is that unlike the men where, you know, you have a lot of one and duns or two and duns, these young ladies are staying all four years. So you're, you're going against experience and talent. And that that's where the game is a lot different than on the men's side, where you know usually your older teams or your mid-major teams or your or your kind of middle of the road teams that don't have as much talent, where the five-star talent on the women's side they're staying all four years, so you have a lot bigger. Um, it's a lot tougher because not only are they big, but their experience, they've been doing this for a while. And I think that kind of showed up as well. Uh, 384-1450 is the uh, uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. We actually have a caller in already. We got our buddy Wayne on the line. Wayne, how you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. And you, Sean, give my regards to Hayden. And I'm enjoying as usual. I, I, uh, I enjoyed the game last night, but you just cannot teach size unless you have it. And that's been, they, Louisville's got an excellent program, but you got to have the B. And that, that's been, and as you've already alluded to, that's been the bugaboo. And, and the thing about it, that sister Boston, that girl was awesome. Yeah. Tough. And, and South Carolina was big and physical. And, and that, that was, that was the, that was the, uh, problem with the whole game. Louisville's got a nice makeup, but you've got to have size. That's what the women's, women's game is about. And, and I don't know where uh, South Carolina and uh, Stanford and UConn, I don't know where they get these big women at. Somewhere, <laughs> we we got to go in that same area and get them same people. If, if we want, if we want, like you said, if we want to win a ship, you got to have that. You got to have it. Yeah. And, but like I said, uh, I enjoyed it. And South Carolina was very impressive. You can't, you can't nothing, can't take nothing away from. And, and the cards, the cards, ladies, they battled, but it was too much to overcome, too much. But uh, they, they moving in the right direction. He just got to change his uh, recruiting aspect. You got to get time. You you get the guard, guards ain't no problem, but it's the it's the other it's the other players that that are needed. To, to take it to the next level, and I and I say I think I think after this game, and he looks at it closely and objectively, he will realize that you got to have that size, and they're not go, they're not going to get over the hump until they do. And he's and, and Walter, he's kind of stubborn, but the reality is the fact of life. You got to have you got to have the fire, 
You got to hear that. And I and I think I think this year, I, I next year, he will make the adjustments that needed to, to get him over. Well, he's got to he's got to make up for the team. But you got to, you just got to have that size. And once he gets that size in place, then they'll, they'll get their ring. But until he does get that, they're not they're not gonna never make it. They're gonna be they're gonna have a quality record every year. But when they come when they when they get to those power teams and without that size, they're not gonna be able to compete. And, and that's evident. Even in even in the um in the conference when they played uh, uh North Carolina State, you got to have that size. And and I'm sure the, I'm sure he's smart enough uh to make that a, adjustment if he if he wants to get that ring. You know, you've been you've been there four times. And and each each time it's been the same problem. You can't keep fast. Either you have it or you don't. You know, and that that's what their uh, their their problem is. But I think they'll make the adjustment. And I, I ain't gonna I'm gonna, I'm not gonna turn turn our ladies down. And as far as our men go, and I, you'll probably be talking about it later. Yes, sir. We're getting ready to get uh, what we need. Kenny Payne's gonna do what he has to do. And, and getting the people that he's got to have, as far as coaches and the players, and they'll they'll be they'll be they'll be just fine. And you know what? And I, I think I talked about it last week. Uh, the the talking heads they were all talking about experience, but I'm looking at uh, who's in the final four. First year head coach, no experience, so all that is bogus. And, and like I said last week, the 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 head coach. Is an administrator and he's a delegator, but you got to have a good staff around you, mm-hmm. and that makes your program. Once you get that in place, you can you can succeed. And, and Kenny Payne is going to do that because, like we talked about, too much support behind him, too much muscle, and too much money. He's the right man at the right time, and he will give us uh, what we're expecting and what we need. But as always, John. Hagen and Joe, you know what I think about you three. You're three of the best, and at the end of the day, what do we say? No cards. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Wayne. Absolutely. No, and 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 that's that's gonna be that. I I totally agree on, on both parts. But you know, Coach Wallace was asked about. You know the whole situation. He was livid. He was like, "I'm not changing a damn thing." It's exactly what he said. <laughs> he was so, livid. Well, Wayne, press conference. I totally agree with you that that that's what needs to happen. And you said you think he's smart enough, uh, smart enough to make those adjustments. Um, but I don't think he wants to change. I think he likes how he what he goes about it. I think he loves what he saw defensively from his team this year. Um, so I don't know, like I. He, Something's going to have to give because it, you can ha- like the, because the thing is, like we saw um, South Carolina has very talented guards as well. Destiny Henderson is an absolute, uh, you know, killer out there. But the difference is she's a killer that can stand over in the corner because everybody's got to you, you, like, brother, you, you, you're tripling and quadruple team in Aaliyah Boston, leaving Destiny Henderson, who's one of the better guards in the country, wide open. So all she's got to do is catch the ball and shoot threes. 
And while, while that's happening, Haley's over there running for her life trying to shoot fadeaway 18-footers just to try to get shots off because, you know, she can't get open because you don't have anything down low that South Carolina's worried about, let alone having to, you know, send a double team at. It just makes it a lot more difficult. And, and you know, I understand that Coach is probably frustrated because he lost, and, and that's what happens. You know, when, when you start to, to, to lose and, 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 you know, once again you aren't able to get it done, um, you're going to be frustrated. So I'm going to give him that. But in my heart of hearts, um, what I hope happens is that he, um, you know, looks inside himself and, and understands that if he wants to hear this music one day, I, I don't know. Like, I was trying to think of, like, if the women's, uh, you know, what, what the song is for the women's side. Like, I like I, I wondered if they did. Do, do the women have a one shining moment? Haven, do you know? I, I have no idea. Like, I don't know what they play at the end of the women's tournament. Like, do they even have a game? Or like, have a song? Like, do they have a game? Uh, not, wow. not, not a game, a song. Do they have a song? You know, do they have something that they play? I, you know I, what? I, we can make up one right now. <laughs> well, what, what, what should the women's championship song be? You know, because I mean, everybody knows one shining moment. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows that. But uh, you are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashad Byers, Haven Hands, are taking care of this morning. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, Big Exports Radio. And we will be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502 going down here on a Saturday morning, April the 2nd, 2022. Little Nelly, what does it take to be number one? We're going to find that out this weekend. Got the men's Final Four going down. Got the ladies Final Four going down in Minneapolis. Very, very exciting time for everybody, except for anybody that lives in this area. (laughs) Very exciting time in the state of North Carolina, anyway. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I digress. Uh, we're talking a whole lot of basketball this morning. A lot of great conversation. Appreciate Wayne calling in, uh, giving his thoughts. If you want to be next in, uh, give us a call. 384-1450 is the call in line. 414-1450 um, is the uh, text line, the Thornton's text line. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we actually already are getting some questions in. To the Twitterverse, I'm at R A A S H A A N for myself, Rashawn Myers. You have at M E Sports uh, for my man Haven over there, and of course at That Boys Good for our man Joe Kelly. Um, but uh, our man Gil Feldholder uh, uh, gave us a, a message over uh, the Twitterverse. Uh, he said, "Why do you think uh, he, as in Jeff Walls, does not embrace playing with more height?" Um, and I'm just going to simply say I, I personally think that he loves his defensive brand of basketball, and, and I don't think he likes uh, players that are limited with mobility and, and, and that athleticism, and I think that bothers him. Haven, I mean, I, 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 that's what I just think. I think he's just, he's just stubborn. I mean, he has a style, and his style is very successful. So why change it? I mean, you made it to four Final Fours playing with this one particular style. I mean, is, is there really a reason to change it? He's been wildly successful, and, you know, he could make that break any moment. Now, if you listen to his press conference, uh, you know, just how upset and angry he was. I mean, Walls was so angry at the end of the game, he was stuttering in his press conference. And you can tell that almost all his ire and anger were directed to how the refs were calling that game and how UofL was not getting called. He felt that they should get called. And this has been happening to him, like, a lot. It happens every in a tournament. It seems like the refs don't like Walls for some reason. Well, it happens against the name programs. Uh, yeah. I, I, there's a there is a definite there's a definite bias. Bias. It, you know, it happened against Tennessee uh, when Louisville played Tennessee. I mean, Olivia Cochran got elbowed directly into the face. Looked like she got punched by Rocky Balboa. They didn't even go to the monitors to check it after the, the she got elbowed in the face. They just like die ah, coach that you know nothing happened. And that, that, but that's we've seen that we've seen it when Louisville played against UConn. Um, you know, I mean, it's those name brand programs. South Carolina is now one of those name brand programs as well. Um, that there is a definite bias, but I still want you know. I just think that he's making it harder on himself. But even with that bias, and and that's a big bias. I mean, it's it's huge because it takes you out of your game. Yeah. Because like like you play one style of basketball all year long and then the refs were like yeah we're, we can't play physical anymore i know we let you play physical for 99 percent of the season <laughs> but we're not going to do that tonight or you know we're going to protect the tennessees the yukons well Aaliyah boston played 38 world. uh 30 no excuse me she played 35 minutes and never got called for for a foul the whole game yeah not one that's the difference and it's and, it, and it's hard to overcome that when you're playing, you know, a, a pretty decent game, but you know things that could change the game. Players getting in foul troubles, or you know, you get more free throws. Now, you know, you're trying to drive to lane to get hit, and nobody's you know, calling these fouls. Then that that completely changes the tenor of the game and how you play the game. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I, I sent a tweet out last week um, that you know, if women's basketball wants to con- wants to continue to be considered legit and they want to take that next step in legitimacy, two things are going to have to happen. The referees need to quit kissing the asses of the power teams because that makes you look small time. Okay, that's first of all, this is not podunk you, and this is not a popularity contest. So that's the first thing that needs to happen. The other thing that needs to happen, they need to quit 
sending teams to play UConn at home when UConn's not the best damn team. NC State got screwed in the Elite Eight having to play UConn in Bridgeport, Connecticut last week. If NC State probably plays that game any other else, in anywhere else where it would be more of a neutral crowd, where the the referees and officials a aren't influenced by the bullcrap crowd, you know they they're already getting influenced because of it it, it being UConn, you know, so they're already getting caused because of that. But then when you have to basically play a road game, that's bullcrap. NC State was the number one seed in that region. To have to play UConn, uh, UConn at home is ridiculous. You know, it's just sad because like. It seems like women's college basketball is such a great product, but the refs are horrible. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. The refs are horrible, and that's in every game. Like, almost every game I've seen, you can watch a call and be like, wait, what happened? Like, what are you looking at? It's ridiculous. And it's like every game. It's not like just like one or two games. Like, literally every game you can be like, okay, the refs obviously don't like this team. I mean, it just it, – it, that, that's refs, Or the refs don't like this player. They, the, they've the got to do don't better. like this coach. They got to do better because the bias is just too obvious. You can't have your reps with such obvious bias. That's what keeps you from being still. Like I said, that like that's a mark on their legitimacy because you you're, you want more eyeballs and you want everybody to consider you the same as they consider the men and the and to, to be respected and all that stuff. But if you want to do that, then do things to improve your brand. It's just like they talked about last year when they showed how they had the men's workout rooms where they had you know a full gym with weight machines and everything else. But then the women they gave some damn yoga mats. And a couple of hand weights. Like, those types of things like that, like, if you want to make it to that next step, you gotta, you have to police your sport. Give them equal consideration and get all that bias and bull crap out of the game. But we're going to go ahead and go back to the, uh, the Wake Up uh, 502 uh, buzz line. We have a, a call in on the line. We got Jay on the line with us. Jay, how you doing, sir? How you doing, guys? Man. What's going on, big guy? How you doing, sir? Man, it's a beautiful day, brother. The sunshine and the birds are chirping. It's going down. Oh, man, the eagles are flying out there now. You better believe it. Listen, I, got, I just got a quick question, uh, Rashawn and Hayden, man. You guys do a good stellar job of what you guys do calling sports. Um, Jeff Walls needs to recruit bigger women on the four and five. Yes. Uh, at least six, 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 seven, you know, leap down there. And Heather Van Lee, I mean, she's a great point guard, but she's one dimension. The only thing she shoots is the left. She doesn't really go to the hole. And he was talking about in the second half, talking about going to the hole and creating fouls. Right. You should have did that at the beginning of the game. Because that would have stirred up a lot of stuff, you know, because the girls came out of there in the first half, the All-American player of the year. But, but like you said, man, um, South Carolina, Connecticut, and all the other teams are like the like the Oscars. They they get all the calls, and yeah. they're still a program. So I'm not taking anything away from Louisville's uh, program. They're still a program as well too. But I just think that Jeff Walls he did a lot of crime at the end of the game. You should have got you some bigger meat down low at four and five. 
I, I totally agree with you, Jay. Absolutely. And I agree with you on Haley as well. I think that that's one of the things where Haley is is still a young player, but she's got to learn. If she's going to have a bigger opponent on her, um, you know, when you're smaller and quicker, those bigger players have to take some chances uh, when they're out there defending you. So she's got to learn how to be able to get her, her opponent off balance and either, you know, use your pump fake and head fakes to get them off balance so you can draw fouls or you can, uh, you know, get them on skates and then get by them like she did once where she you know did, did a nice little shake and bake out top got into the lane and when Boston helped up she was able to throw the dime over to Olivia Cochran for the layup like those types of things are what you have to do when you're small you have to be crafty uh, and, and I think that's something that she needs to get and, and do a better job of but no I, I totally agree with you Jay uh, and uh, before you get off here Jay I, I'm, I'm gonna be going into this uh, topic probably more at the end of this hour and uh, definitely into the second hour what are you thinking about um the the coaching search for the assistant coaches some people are, are putting milt wagner's name out there um into the air for for one of those assistant coaches jobs i i, I know that that you've been think, watching basketball for a long time you know a lot of these guys so what what, what do you think about that i think it's a bad idea they should have put milt wagner as director of operation of basketball for university of louisville they shouldn't make him no assistant coach because he's older. He's not even younger. Um, I think they're trying to do payoff for a lot of these guys, like buddy-buddy system kind of thing. But I'm hearing that it would, that would be a press conference Tuesday about bringing Mill Wagner a part of the uh, program. Mm. And I think it's um, that um, Kenny Payne should have made him, like I said, direct operations. Because Bill Wagner, he's a guy get out there flying and recruiting and stuff like that. I mean, that's a lot of work. It's a young man's game. Yeah, man, it's a young man's game. <laughs> and, you know, by you being in your late 40s and 50s, I think a lot back in your 50s, that took a lot of toll on you. That's so we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I, I think it's a bad move on Kenny Payne. Big Bill, those assistant coach. But, you know, who are we to stay with Sean and Hazen? That's it. It's this KP ship. So, you know, he can do with this. Uh, he can be, he can captain that ship, you know, however he feels fit. But <laughs> we'll have to see what happens. But we're definitely going to get into that. Jay, I appreciate your call this morning, brother. Appreciate you, brothers, man. And y'all have a good day. All right, Jay. Thanks, uh, big guy. There we go. One of the luminaries. In the city of Louisville, Mr. Jerry Hazard, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. He's got two keys to the city. Haven, did you know that? That man's wow. got two keys to the city. To the front and back door. Front and back door. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Appreciate Jake calling in. Uh, and, and that's interesting. He, he's hearing that a uh, possible press conference on Tuesday. I've heard some some buzz of that uh, myself. Uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. If you want to be next in, 384-1450 is the call in line. 414-1450 um, is the text line if you want to get your text in on your thoughts on, on any of this. Uh, but I, I definitely think that that. Jay is right. You know, if Haley Haley's going to be out there, she was very. She looked young and she looked inexperienced. And the the young lady that was guarding her, uh, she's not used to playing against a player that, that that's that big that can actually stay with her. Uh, and that's one of the things that people forget that you know Haley's only a sophomore. I mean, yes, she was the first player in Louisville history to put up four straight twenty point games in the NCAA tournament. And while that is outstanding, and while she was she's been able to do some great things out there. That level of competition, it's like it's a difference between playing a good team and playing an elite team. 
And South Carolina is an elite team with elite talent. And when you step that competition level up, that's something that Haley hadn't seen this year. Um, yes, they did play on the road at UConn um, earlier this year, but Paige Beckers, their superstar, was hurt um, just a couple games prior to that. So they didn't get the full UConn experience. Um, and Haley, you know, to her. I guess detriment. She didn't even really play well in that game. That was more a Kiana Smith game. Kiana uh, had about 27 points in that game. They ended up getting the win. Um, but she's going to have to step it up. She's got to be that superstar. But becoming that, she's got to learn to be more crafty. When you're five nine, you're smaller like that. You know, you your jump shot is a threat. But what you have to do is learn how to use the pump fakes, use the you know the head and shoulder fakes, the jab steps to be able to either a get your shot, b get fouled, or c get somebody else an open shot or a layup. And that's where you saw the experience in inexperience come out last night. And I think that that's going to be something that, that she's going to learn. The unfortunate thing about moving forward uh, for for Louisville basketball is that Emily Inksler is likely going to be leaving and heading to the WNBA. She does have another year of eligibility if she wanted to use it, but she's going to be a top five, top six pick. Um, and, you know, she's already exhausted her four years. Um, I expect for her uh, to go ahead and move forward. You could tell that she put everything into that. As soon as she fouled out of the game last night, she just broke down into tears, um, you know, just upset about, uh, you know, the way things kind of shook out. Um, but that young lady – for what she did in one year at Louisville, she's going to be remembered. Uh, she she was a warrior. Um, you know that that's one thing that I think is without a doubt, and, and I think that she has kind of instilled herself, and she'll be known um, as a cardinal uh, for forever uh, with the way she played, the passion that she played with. Um, so I, I don't think you can take anything away from her. But for the rest of the team, uh, most of these guys are going to be back. This is a very young team. Olivia Cochran's only a sophomore. Haley's only a sophomore. Um, you know, so I, I think that there's going to be um, a good bit of talent coming back. Kiana Smith, Chelsea Hall, Emily Inksler. Those are your seniors on the team. Liz Dixon will be back. Um, everybody else will basically be back. Uh, you're just losing those three starters. Um, and that's add, can add some height to the foundation, and there you go. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they're bringing in – their recruiting classes they're bringing in is basically more of the same. You basically have some more six-foot, six-ones. Um, you would like to see some size. I mean, they have some size on the bench, like we talked about with Liz Dixon. Liz Dixon is 6'5". You have Ramani Parker, who's 6'4". Um, and you have uh, Sidney Shetnan, who was a freshman this year. Uh, from I believe Kansas either from Kansas or Nebraska um, and she's 6'5 but they're all just young you know, so I, I think that um, one thing that Coach Walls may want to do is take a look in that transfer portal and see what he might be able to. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, it's free agency nowadays, Haven. You can go ahead. If, if you're missing something or you need something, it's kind of. It's like going shopping for basketball like, players, right? Yeah, it's like, hey, you know, you like that Louisville brand, like that bird, you know? You want to step up? Like, they actually care about women's basketball here. Women play for a top five team? Yeah. Let's do this. Come on. So, you know, I mean, I think that the transfer portal, I mean, the, the Louisville has a very, like, they're basically bringing in all kind of guard three wing type players where they already have a ton of guard wing type players. You might want to. Do some roster management. Let's call it roster management. You may want to tell some folks thanks, but no thanks. This might not be the best place for you, and you may want to install, you know, a few more six four, six five, six six. This is all I'm saying. You know, if you want to win. Now, Coach Wall said, "I'm not changing the damn thing. Y'all can go kick rocks." 
We all make we all make choices, coach. But you know you're already at a big disadvantage because a lot of times you're playing eight on five out there. So you need to get advantages where you can. Um, And he found a cheat code this year in Emily Inksler, uh, who was the reason that Louisville was able to do everything that they did this year. That that, that young lady was everything that you would think of when you think of like a Dennis Rodman. I mean, she affected the game in so many ways that had nothing to do with scoring. Look at you throw me a bone with that. Hey, man. Look at you throw me a bone. She was a monster. I mean, her her stat line last night, 18 points, nine rebounds, four steals, one block, one assist, and just – complete you know she was a complete maniac like the whole tournament like i said i believe those four steals were good enough for her to set a record for steals in the tournament i believe because she had six steals last game Uh, i want to say she had seven or eight in the first round and i think she had five or six in that in the um second round game so i believe i believe she set a record for steals like it's the fact that jeff wallace was able to find her uh from syracuse like you're going to need to do that again like you're going to have to find at least one, if not two or three more. And, and you know, I, I think that you may have to see some roster turnover. It pretty much happens every year. Um, but you're going to have to make some decisions on this team and on this roster, and that'll be something moving forward that I think that, that we'll start to see happen. But if Louisville wants to be considered, and you can like it, you can not like it, uh, like I said on Twitter last night, man, if, if y'all have any issues, please call me because uh, all y'all Twitter tough guys that was on there talking crazy last night, I ain't heard my phone ring yet. Three eight four fourteen fifty. You want to back your man? Stand up, grab a pair, be heard. I ain't heard it yet. My phone keeps ringing. I like you know. I got all these. Had Auburn fans talking crazy to me. Had Miami fans talking crazy to me. All the invitations I put out there. Nobody wants to get on that line. You know so. I'm here and I'm waiting for you. But, you know, there's going to have to be some hard conversations that are had um, because, I mean, like a young lady like Marissa Russell, you know, she's kind of a 6'2", 6'3"-ish, post-ish more type of player. Like, I don't know what she can do within this program. Not to point, call her out specifically, but just those types of players. Like, you have eight or nine of those. How about we have five or six of those and replace those with some six four six five veteran players from other teams so all i'm saying if you want to win at least two you know i mean that's all i'm saying you know like they're just if you want to get to that next level i mean that's going to be what it takes because nothing else that gives you options so when teams start playing big ball and your small ball isn't working you may not be able to fully match the big ball component at all five spots like South Carolina can, but you can even it up where you can and then attack. I mean, what do you think Nelly's talking about in this song? But there you go. I mean, what, what what does it take to be number one? That's what it takes to be number one, Coach. Like, are, are you are you trying to like this is like, like what we talked about with Scott Satterfield? Are you trying to prove that you can win your way, or are you trying to win? Do you want to be number one? Or do you just want to be right? It's hard to be both. It's hard to be both. Right, we we got to catch up on breaks. I, I, we, we went a little long. We only took one break. So this is going to be a, a bit a bit more of an extended break. Uh, but when we get back on the other side, we are going to dive head first into this 
Kenny Payne conversation. We're going to talk about these assistant coaches. We heard more information about players that are leaving the program. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Who should come back? Who should not come back? Um, thoughts on everything going on between Kenny Payne and Mill Wagner. Jay got us kicked off with that conversation. If you want to get in next, 384-1450 is the call-in line. 414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, and we'll be back on Wake Up 502, Big Exports Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up, Wake Up, Wake Up 502, hour number two coming right your way. Your boy Rashawn Myers here in studio, Big X Radio with my man Haven Harrington, the architect, the man, the myth, the legend himself. A little bit of queen, we are the champions. A little championship theme for Final Four weekend. Uh, it's all about bringing home that trophy. Uh, and Somebody's going to do that. Got Duke versus North Carolina, which... Pretty much everybody in the world hates except for the fans of those two programs. And on the other end, Villanova, Kansas. Villanova, the decided underdog, especially with the loss of their guard uh, who went down with the Achilles injury. It's going to be a tough uh, road to hold, but I'm guessing most people are pulling for the Wildcats out of that group. Uh, And that's not the Kentucky Wildcats. That's the Villanova Wildcats. But I, I feel like... The only halfway likable team in this whole Final Four is Villanova. <laughs> Would you agree with that, Ava? Yes. I mean, nobody likes Bill Self. The NCAA definitely hates Bill Self after you know all their NCAA investigation mess and coming no, out not with really. Snoop and money guns. No, and not really because like nothing's happened to them. Dancing girls. Well, that's just because it takes the NCAA forever to like investigate and actually levy fines. It's been what six years. <laughs> And that's why I think, are, are they really going to do anything at this point? I mean, I mean, like Kansas is like one of their more story programs. It's Kansas like, basically has thrown it in their face, though. Yeah, and so I, I feel like so it, did UNC throw it back in their face, and I, nothing happened. I agree, but the, the the one difference is that UNC had the standing of 
saying that, well, you know, yes, we were giving a benefit to the basketball players, but we were giving a benefit to everybody, so that doesn't really count. That's more of an institutional issue, not an NCAA issue. And even though that argument was ridiculous and flimsy and they cheated, so because you cheated, you should have got in trouble, they got away with it because they really didn't want to find UNC. But the difference is Kansas paid a couple of guys and played a guy who they knew got paid. So, like – I feel like Kansas is in a lot tougher spot than UNC was. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. Silvio D'Souza was the player. I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach because it seems like, especially when it comes to men's college basketball, the NCAA has their favorites. Yes. And they protect their favorites. Agreed. Like Coach K has gotten in trouble for nothing he's done. (laughs) Ever. Yeah. Ever. It's true. Ever, 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 ever. Marvin Bagley literally got the bag. Yes, and everybody knows it. And Coach K still a saint. Yeah, that's UNC annoying. obviously, you know, gave guys like you know free credits in basketball. I was like, here, you get a credit. You get a credit. You get a credit. <laughs> you get a credit. Nothing. Like whatever. And all these people out here talking about, oh well, you know, I think you know since Coach K is retiring, I'd like to see Coach K win one more. Not me. Hell no. If we lose to Humphreys and North Carolina again, that would be just like awesome to me. I need for North Carolina to get it done. I have not cheered for North Carolina in a long time. Like when I was a kid, I was a huge North Carolina fan. Okay. I was, of course, always a Louisville fan first, but I always loved North Carolina because they always had players that I like. They were the athlete, athletic school, you know, so you had the Jordans and the Worthies, and then you had Vince Carter and Anton Jameson. You had Shimon Williams. How do you have, like, Jordan Worthy and only win, like, one chip? Well, you know, and it's funny that you say that because for the longest time, in my ranking of the most overrated coaches of all time, Dean Smith was at the top of that list. He had to be. I mean, how do you have that much He talent? had 50. Like, he, it was some ridiculous number. It may not have been 50, but he had, like, 30 – McDonald's All-Americans in his time at UNC and only won two championships. The same number that Denny Crum won with not nearly the talent. And because of that, you know, Dean Smith was always held in this such high regard, but I felt that he was like the most overrated coach in the history of basketball. Because I'm like, at, with the number of players that he had, like when John Wooden had that much talent, you saw what John Wooden did with it. He smashed everybody. Yeah. Decades. He was like a decade straight winning championships. Absolutely. You know, and, and and Dean Smith just never did that. When I looked at the players that he got year after year after year, the fact that he only finished with two titles the same as, as our boy Denny Crum did, I'm like, man, he's nowhere near as good a coach as Denny Crum. No. If you gave Denny Crum them guys that North Carolina had, my Lord. Denny controlled the 80s. Literally. Yeah. The entire decade. And and he wasn't getting, he didn't have what Georgetown had. He didn't have what North Carolina had. And he did it anyway. You know, and, and stayed dominant. And so that, that and I said, I, I say all this to say that I have a new number one all-time rated, you know, most overrated coach of all time. Can you guess who it is? It's the guy who's making eight to ten million dollars a year down the road. Absolutely. John Calipari has now supplanted Dean Smith as the most overrated coach in the history of college and basketball. You know what? I, I, I may have to disagree with you on that one. I mean, you can disagree I if you want Dean to. I think Dean Smith should still be number one. Why is that? Well, because Cal's tenure at UK, yes. He has, especially since his first several years he was there. Twelve years he's had like 
30 McDonald's All-American. Maybe 50 McDonald's. It's it's something crazy number. Well, to me, he he only gets a pass because of what he did at Memphis and UConn, especially UConn. I mean, UMass. Excuse me, UMass. They didn't win. They didn't win, but to take a team of Marcus Canby and a bunch of bums. Oh, that was a great coaching job. No, I didn't say he was a bad coach. I said the most overrated. There's a difference. You can still be like, Dean Smith was a good coach, but he's not nearly as great as people make him out to be. Like, because he had way too much talent and should have won way more. And that's my thing with Cal. Cal's a good coach. But you should have won way more than what you did when you had literally better talent than everybody. Dean Smith had that. Calipari's had that in spades recently. Oh, yeah. Calipari's recruited better than Dean Smith did. And what has he done with it? Like, you've had a number one recruiting class every year you've been in Kentucky except for two years and those two years you were the number two recruiting class and you have to show for it one title the same number as Louisville has in that same expansive time and we've cataloged the fact that all of Louisville's top recruits have always been horrible <laughs> like they've always been built on you know the what? backs of you like, like that's a conversation that only you and I've had <laughs> that's a conversation we haven't had on radio yet yeah <laughs> I mean, let's just <laughs> see. You give people inside game about the stuff we talk. I know. About. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, like, like that. That to me, when you Kentucky has done no more than Louisville has done. I'm sorry, John Calipari. When you've had Anthony Davis and you've had Carl Anthony Towns and you've had Bam Adebayo and all these guys that are making buku buku bucks at the next level and playing very well at the next level like stars on the next level i'm sorry when you have that many max contract guys and hundred million dollar guys and this is all you have to show for it i'm sorry hall of fame or not no but you have to look at the lives he's turned around dean smith you can lay down your arms sir you are finally being supplanted in my mind as most overrated congratulations coach john calipari you will have that in per- per- perpetuity because you will continue to recruit, and they have another top recruiting class this year. Maybe. And guess what they're going to do, Haven? Unless it falls apart, it won't. They'll, they'll, they'll still be they'll be no worse than number two. Like Arkansas is balling right now, so Arkansas definitely is going to stake a claim on that number one. Um, but I believe right now it's between Duke and Kentucky. But Arkansas is is coming up. So on now that. this no. So, so now let's let people on some inside baseball about some of the conversations that we have. Yes. And let's talk about the SEC and basketball for a second. Okay. So we had a conversation earlier this week, actually about two days ago, I do believe. Yes. Where, you know, we talked about how we used to make fun of SEC basketball, right? A lot of talented dudes, horrible coaching. And then the commissioner gets up Mike Slive and says, you know what? I think we dominate football, unquestionable, with a number one football conference in the country by far. Yeah. Big Ten may be second, but they really can't. Hold us. But we're number one by far. And we spend an ignorant amount of money on football to make sure that we stay number one. Best coaches, best assistant coaches, best NIL deals, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. We spend like there's no like a drunk sailor (laughs) and because we got the money to do it. And now we're adding taxes in Oklahoma. We're printing more money. We're taking that to the bank too. So we're going to be good in basketball. And we kind of laughed at him like, yeah, you guys are going to be serious about basketball. You guys don't care about basketball. Why, why even say that? And I'm sure a lot of teams in the ACC, which used to be like the – well, it still is – like the number one basketball conference in the country. was yeah. like, ha, whatever, SEC. Do your worst. 
man. Yeah. These guys went out. Now, granted, I know there's two SC, I know there's two ACC teams, the two bellwether, if you will, ACC teams that made it to the Final Four, North Carolina and Duke. But, man, during a regular season, the SEC was like, man, you I know mean, they, they, there was definitely, like, there was a lot of lip service that a lot of people rolled their eyes at uh, with, the, with the SEC saying that they were going to commit to basketball because Kentucky had dominated it for pretty much the Remember, whole time. It's, yeah, Kentucky it, dominated it's the SEC like Kansas dominates the Big 12. But, no, the commitment's real. Um, and, and, like, it's, it's it, beyond real. It, it, the, you know, the way they started putting a commitment to their facilities and hiring good coaches um, definitely is to be commended because, I mean, it's legit. Like, they, they within probably a three- or four-year window have completely turned over what people think of them. But you know what, Haven? they got to win, and, and this is the thing. They've, they've got to win when it counts, and right now, that ain't happening. It's not happening now, but you know what? And here's the scary part. To me, if I was ACC, this is the, the scary part to me. What, Coach K retiring? No. Okay. Well, if I, yeah, if I was ACC commissioner, I'd be like, oh, my God. But besides that, it's like they're willing to spend the money. Yeah. And they're willing to spend big money on guys who they think can get them to that next level. Yeah. I mean, it still comes down to coaching. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Pearl um, was a great hire at Auburn, and I think that, that that's paid huge dividends. Um, it's it's showing that Nate Oates, um, you know, has, has been a, a pretty good hire. Eric Musselman has been a good hire at Arkansas. So, I mean, that, that's, th- that's the commitment, and then the commitment to uh, the facilities and all those things have definitely helped. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you're looking at Duke, UNC, Kansas, and Villanova but in the Final is, Four. But, but this is why I think we should fear you know, the S. SEC because the SEC just really decides to get serious in basketball like they do football. There's going to come a time where they're going to say, Eric Musselman, you're a great coach. You haven't made it past lead eight. We're going to find somebody that can get us to that next level. Thank you for getting us here. We're going to find somebody else. Well, I mean, we'll see. Because I mean, that, that, that's, that's what we're doing football like LSU. That's the top. Yeah. I love you. You got us to, you got us a championship two years ago. But we suck now. Yeah, you got to go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be something to watch. I mean, it's definitely things have changed. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that. Things have changed, and now you see recruits um, wanting to I mean, stay in the SEC besides Arkansas going to Kentucky. Would have a number one recruiting class. Like, if anything, I, I look at it like this: is that the SEC is definitely now a power broker conference in college basketball. It used to be pretty much the ACC, the Big East. Um, you know, what were the 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 standout conferences, um, Big 12 was okay. SEC was at the bottom of the barrel. Pac-12 was just, you know, they were the Pac-12. Um, but now I think that now you, you can pretty much put big, you know, the the ACC, it, to me, they re- even though ACC had a down year because of the runs that Duke, North Carolina, Miami made, um, I think that ACC has reestablished themselves at the top. Um, but I do think that um, now the SEC, Big Ten, I think Big 12 is probably still second. I think the Big East is right there, especially with Villanova making another Final Four. But I think the SEC is right there. Like, I, I think that it's, it's competitive. And to me, what that means is that that's bad news for Kentucky. It's <laughs> hard news for Kentucky. But, because, for college, but for college basketball, the scary part is that no other conference will have the money 
to outspend SEC. I mean, but, 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 see, but see, money money don't do but, everything. College yeah. basketball is different than football. No, no, it doesn't, but, it doesn't in, in everything. That. Like, but, like money, yes, you're spending money, but everybody's spending money. No. Like that, no, that no, especially with the, the contract, yes, I understand that the SEC has more money, but the money at this point is almost like Monopoly money. You know what I mean? Like it's like everybody's got a lot of money. So I well, think that everybody has well, kind of everybody has a lot of money. SEC's at a different level. I know, I know. I understand, but see, get, okay. First of all, get off the SEC's ass. All right, like, it like is it, what it is. Yeah, you kissing the ass of the SEC. I understand. No, I understand. It, no, I understand. It is what it is. But it is what it is. It's facts. Yeah, it, I understand. It's, it's no, but I, but I understand what you're saying. I understand. I mean, but like, I think that the money becomes a moot point because. Where football, it definitely helps you more because you can kind of money whip into money whip players into getting so many players and so many resources that you can just dominate. But well, basketball's a little no, different but because but see, I'm not talking about getting the players. What I'm talking about is outbidding other conferences for top coaches. Oh no! I mean, I, I think that see, but that's that's the whole thing though. But you, they, they're not really doing that anymore. Like now, more than ever, you have coaches turning down huge jobs. You have the Indiana job getting turned down by coaches. You even had the Kentucky job being turned down for coaches before they, you know, decided that okay, I guess we'll give John a, a run, <laughs> but because they did not want to give Calipari that job for a long time. So I I think that while I agree with you that that money is big, money's big everywhere, like. Money, like I, I think that it's. I don't think you can money whip coaches anymore because the, the at some point I feel like if you have a guy like Jay Wright at Villanova, Jay Wright's not leaving Villanova anywhere. I don't care what checkbook they open for that dude, he's not leaving. Same thing with Mark Few at Gonzaga. Like so, the thing that you're gonna have to hope with the SEC, just like everybody else, just like Louisville did with Kenny Payne, is you have to be able to identify guys that are either at such a small level. You know what I'm saying? Where you're at a mid-major team and they just can't make the money to move up. And you have to identify those guys early because guys like Kelvin Sampson, like, I feel like they're, they're good. They're like, but I'm good. Like, the money is big enough to where I think that people aren't going to sacrifice their happiness. If I can make two, three, or four million dollars a year and be happy at a school that's going to love me forever and I don't have to go anywhere, like, you used to be able to do that. Like back in the, the you know back in the '90s, early 2000s, even uh, late 2010 or early 2010s, I think you could still do that. But the money is so big now to where coaches are like, yeah, I have enough money to where I would rather stay here and collect a check for eight, ten years here and be cool than have to go here with you know a big check for a couple of years. But if I don't win, I'm gonna get fired. I think that's the difference. Is I, I think the money is so big now. I think it's actually making coaches stay. <laughs> more than it is leave. But you no, know, but it's one of the things. I, I think we'll see. I, I think we'll see how this all plays out. But I, I but I mean no, th- there's definitely I think that the SEC has definitely moved up the ladder. I agree and with quickly. you. Quickly. That's that's the thing. Yeah. That's how, well that's, that's the thing about basketball though, right? I mean basketball you like football's different because you have to build a roster and build well, o- over several years. Exactly. Whereas basketball, you can change basketball fortunes. I mean, look at Kentucky. They went from Billy Clyde to the hottest thing in college basketball in one year. It happens that, like that quickly. Man, I mean, you know, so so did I. I love Billy Clyde because Kentucky was horrible and <laughs> he was a joke. You know, but I mean, Cal Perry turned it around in literally one year. Around. Uh, you know, and, and you know what? To, to that, to talking about that turnaround in one year, um, I, I do want to ask you as well. I asked Jay about it earlier. There's a lot of conversation to talk about Milt Wagner 
um, coming on as uh, at first, uh, you know, the, from what we were hearing, and of course, our, our main man Jeremy Wyman, uh, Cardinal Sports Zone, um, friend of the main event and Wake Up Five Hundred Two, um, you know, he had come out and the the, the scuttlebutt was that Milt Wagner was going to be brought on, brought in as a special assistant to the head coach. He was going to be in an administrative role with the University of Louisville. Well, Jeremy threw a a, a bomb and dropped a bomb on on everybody when he basically came out and said that well. News has changed. I'm hearing that Wilt, Milt Wagner is going to be a position, like an actual assistant, one of the three actual assistant coaches on the sideline. And to me, that is a humongous difference. And a lot of that, uh, I, I agree with Jerry when I say, I think that's a bad, bad move. It's a bad decision. And I know that people, they know that I have been outspoken in saying that I was, uh, I was worried about the Kenny Payne hire, uh, but I would support it because, you know, he's known as a guy who can get players. And if you get players, that definitely gives you a leg up on the court. But to me, what decisions he makes with this coaching staff is very important because he is a first-time coach. It's different when you have a guy like Calipari, who's an established head coach that pretty much is doing his thing. If you want to spend a or utilize one of those assistant coaches to bring in a cousin or uncle of a really good player, and you can get in with that player by using that third assistant coaching job spot, that's fine because you're an established coach. Hey, we'll throw you a bone to get this elite guy in here. Of course, we're talking about DJ Wagner. But for Kenny Payne, who's a first-time head coach and has never coached before, I think that it's very, very important to have three very strong assistants. And I just don't think Milt is a strong candidate. Like, assistant coaches have to be responsible for so many things. Not only are they coaching guys on the court, and not only are they responsible for a position group or doing a lot of that teaching, they're also responsible for scouts. So they got to go through staying in the in the you know staying in uh in the office late nights running tape getting game plans together. They also have to get on the phones, call recruits. They have to uh, get out on the recruiting trails, go take trips to visit guys, sit in gyms around the country trying to find those next prospects for 2023 class, 2024 class. I don't see Mel Wagner doing that, Have. I guess we're about to. Like I I don't I. I just, I, he's been out of coaching since 2014. He has not coached anywhere in damn near 10 years. He's not been doing anything in the basketball realm. Now, before that, he was on Tony Barbie's staff um, at UTEP uh, as well as Auburn. But once Tony Barbie was let go, nobody picked him up. Nobody felt the need to bring him over. So I worry about this. As the first decision. Now we know that there's been a lot of talk that Nolan Smith is going to be, um, you know, part of this Louisville coaching staff, which leaves kind of if if Milt Wagner is one and Nolan Smith is two, do you have this third assistant? But it doesn't look like Kenny Payne is going to bring in an experienced former head coach. It doesn't sound like it because I I, I have. Because we had heard George Felton, the former South Carolina coach, being talked about, who's been in the sport, a Spurs organization for the last several years, being talked about as maybe coming over to kind of be that veteran uh, guy to help Kenny along. I, hard, I find it hard to believe that he would bring in George Felton and have Milt Wagner as a assistant coach and have both of those old guys on there. Because that pretty much means it's going to be Kenny and Nolan 
as your only two kind of working coaches with that energy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that worries me, Haven. It worries me. Uh, you know, we just have to see how this all plays out. I mean, yeah, Milt hasn't coached in a while, but at least he has coached. And he has coached <laughs> in college, so he has, he has experience. So th- that is a plus. He He does. He has experience. He also apparently knows a lot of former U of L players who now have grandsons that are coming up balling. <laughs> that can't hurt. <sighs> I just, I, I, you know, I've never thought that I would see such a U of L centric coaching staff. I mean, I agree, and, and you know what? All all y'all Kool Aid drinkers out there that that have gotten on me talking about, man, look at P do his thing. They're bringing him back to glory. They're bringing him back to this. They're bringing him back to that. Let me tell you something. All those guys, yes, Milt Wagner was a great player on the court. Yes, Kenny Payne was a great player on the court. Guess who was coaching that team? Haven, do you know who was coaching that team? He, Denny Crum. Denny Crum ain't no. <laughs> Denny Crum ain't, ain't walking through that door like Rick Pitino would say. So, I've seen, we have seen great players in administrative roles and in coaching roles be flops. Leave Penny Hardaway alone. So, let me just. Let Patrick Ewing alone. Let let me just. Keep Patrick Ewing's name out your mouth. Magic Johnson was not a good coach. Okay? He was not. Joe Dumars was not a great uh, uh, general manager. He's trying to beat people up. Michael Jordan was a horrible general manager. Beyond horrible. Just because you can play the game. Like, I heard my boy, once again, Marcus Maven. I know Marcus likes to elude me more than he does like to specifically call me out by name. He likes to elude some of the things he sees that I say, which is fine. (laughs) You can elude if you want to. I'm going to say it by name. Like, I know Marcus, as his boy, he's a a former Cardinal, so he's trying to ride for his boys, which I respect. But just because you played the game of basketball does not make you a great coach. It does not make you a great administrator. Okay? So, yes. All this glory days stuff that, that that y'all are talking about right now, it sounds good, but there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, the, the, it, and and we know this, and it just this is a step that I've seen a lot of teams make. Uh, we saw it with Clyde Drexler staff down at Houston. How'd that work out? We saw that with Chris Mullen's staff at St. Jo- uh, St. John's. How'd that work out? Let me give you a clue. Neither one of those two guys are still at those jobs, and they lasted about two and a half years. This Louisville job is, if it if true, and it's not been made official yet, and like Jay talked about, he said he heard that there's a press conference to announce this coming on Tuesday. If true, all I'm saying is th- it has not worked before what Louisville is attempting to try to do, and it's currently not working with Patrick Ewing at Georgetown, who is not happy with his production over his two years there. Now, Hubert Davis at North Carolina is working, but it's North Carolina. North Carolina, like we talked about with the players, we got to see if Louisville can get the players. I know that there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of scuttlebutt about, you know, all these five-star players. Well, guess what? One of those five-star players, Johan Terori, the big man out of LSU, decommitted from LSU. You know, of course, like every Louisville fan thinks every player that goes in the pool, oh, KP got him, y'all. KP got him. Guess what? He committed to Auburn. He left LSU, committed to Auburn already. Scott Clark, the UK decommitment point guard. Everybody like, oh, see, KP, KP. That's going to be our point guard. Guess what? 
Mike Rutherford talked about it yesterday here on the Mike Rutherford Show. It can be heard 3 to 6 p.m. here on Big X Sports Radio. Sounds like Sky Clark is going to Illinois. Sounds like that's the favorite for him. Does that mean that this isn't going to work? Not saying that. All I'm saying is everybody who has these delusions of grandeur that Louisville's going to get every player. Like right now, Devin Ree is a uh, 6'6-ish long wing prospect who decommitted from LSU. It sounds like Devin Ree could definitely be the first commitment for Kenny Payne. And everybody's all saying, that's what I'm talking about. Guess what? Devin Ree is rated pretty much the same place that everyone else that was committed to Louisville was rated. Okay, so while he's a he's a good player, he's a, he's a long prospect. He he would fit very well with Kamari Lands. Both guys kind of six 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 seven six eight long shooting guard type wings, which KP does want to get bigger. But my point being, he ain't setting the world on fire yet, y'all. So it, it, we we need to have a good strong foundation. So I I am worried about where they're at now. We'll hear after the the final four, the after the coaches convention this weekend, we'll have more definitive steps, but. It's worrying me right now, early. <laughs> there are some, like, if Louisville, you know, that they didn't get Johan, which I thought was going to be a stretch to begin with, as, you know, I, I did not, I know Louisville had recruited him, but he committed so quickly to Auburn without even taking a sniff. Like, that worried me. And now hearing that the, the winds of change are blowing to where Scott Clark is looking like he's not going to be going Louisville's way. Um, I don't know. I mean, we got Tyrell Ward, um, who's a top 50 player um, who decommitted from Xavier that Louisville is trying to get in on. But it's not been a good start. Well, so you far. know, it's, it's one of these things that, as they say, you have to let the cake bake. And, <laughs> and it's honestly, it's for me, yes, it's really too early to tell anything. Yes, I agree. Because you have right, right now, there's rumors, yes, that Mill Wagner may be that third assistant coach. But right now, you have like no assistant coaches. Yes. You have one dude on the phone calling people, holding it down until the cavalry shows up. So, like, you really can't judge anything right now. I mean, very few coaches at any university, no matter who they are, unless they're like, no, let, let me rephrase that. Very few new coaches should I say, could come in and like really jumpstart recruiting class without having all your assistants in place and getting everything rolling that way. Uh, if you're an established coach, like a Calipari or something like that, it's a little bit different. Everybody knows who you are. You've been recruiting for a long time. You know, you can make that move. But for a brand new coach with no staff, that people had never seen you know your, your, your style of play, don't know what you're trying to do for real, don't know what your coaching style is going to be like, it's, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, I, no, I, I I agree with you, and it is still early, and, and that's why I try to pump them brakes on everybody, and try to tell them, <laughs> relax, relax, and give the man some time. Yeah, yeah. give the man. Some, it's gonna take a while. If y'all want to hear me playing this music for Louisville, it may take a little while, y'all. So, like everybody who thought that Kenny Payne was just gonna come in here and the five stars was just gonna fall from trees and fill up the roster, all I'm saying is just give it, give it some time. You know what I'm saying? Just give it some time, y'all. But, hey, you listen to Wake Up 502 with Sean Myers, Haven Hanson. We got one more segment coming up. Uh, when we come back, we have so many things to get into. I want to get Haven's thoughts on the Final Four, who he thinks is going to end up cutting down the nets, uh, and so much more to get into. Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio. We'll be back.
And welcome back. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. A little bit of three days grace. I hate everything about you. That was a special request for my main man, Joe Kelly. <laughs> he sends that out to Coach K. And shout out to the UNC uh, Duke uh, game this evening as Coach K uh, hopefully <laughs> will be playing his last game. <laughs> Hopefully we can go ahead and get Coach K out of there. I definitely do not want to see that man win another championship. Like I know Coach K had some nice stuff to say about, um, uh, had some nice stuff to say about uh, you know Louisville uh, and about the program uh, when he was here last, and it was definitely awesome getting his, um, you know, getting to interview him and, and ask him a couple questions um, in his last press conference. But that being said, yeah, I'm definitely try- not trying to see Duke win another championship. So hopefully Hubert Davis goes ahead and uh, does us all a favor and puts that uh, Duke team out of their misery tonight. That would be uh, wonderful and beautiful. Um, So uh, that is the hope. Uh, We'll have to see on that. But welcome back to Wake Up 502. Um, We do have everything going down with the Final Four, um, and we are going to get Haven's thoughts on, uh, you know, what's going to happen with the – uh, with the games tonight, but I do have. I want to go back to the Thornton's text line four one four fourteen fifty. Texter says, um, "Haven't heard you mention the IU assistant possibly coming to Payne staff. Um, could that be the announcement coming or Nolan?" Um, well, um, I'll say this: uh, I, I the, the assistant that you're speaking of, Yasir Redmond, um, uh, there on the staff uh, with Mike Woodson. Um, I did not bring up Redmond. He's definitely still a guy that's been talked about. Um, it, th- there was news last week uh, that he had recently gotten elevated to associate head coach um, there on the staff and gotten a pay raise. Um, so that doesn't mean that he would not be willing to move, but it becomes less likely because why would a guy go ahead and accept a pay raise um, and an update in you know his title and pay if he was looking to go ahead and leave. So I feel that Redmond kind of loses a bit of traction because of that. Um, so we'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see. I don't know um, what's going to happen with that. Um, so, I mean, I think Redmond's still an option. I just don't think he's a top option right now. I know there's a lot of guys out there that that are looking at and possibly trying to reach out to Kenny Payne. Um, I think that those conversations are happening today and happened uh, uh, will happen today, of course, because Kenny Payne was there in Minneapolis cheering on the, the uh, women um, yesterday. Um, but I do think that he is at the Final Four down there right now in New Orleans. Um, so I, I think that that's going to be um, conversations that are had. And then I do think that Tuesday we will hear some definitive information about um, – you know, some guys and who's going to be making those moves. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I I don't know uh, where, you know, where the winds are going to blow with that. Um, I I know that, you know, a lot of one of the big conversations with any assistant coach um, becomes, you know, I know that I'm bringing you here, but who can you bring with you? And, And when you say that, I think now, especially in the time of one-time transfer being a thing um i think we've already seen that with the lsu staff matt mcmahon leaves murray state gets the job at lsu and immediately two of his players uh from murray state 
go into the transfer portal and transfer to LSU, and those guys will be uh, immediately eligible. And that's kind of the welcome to the new world that we're at, where when you when a coach leaves one place and goes to another place, the players that either committed because of him that are there right now or kids that were recruited by that guy that want to play for that guy now have the option, basically, to just go wherever that coach goes. So I think that that has added value when you're looking at those consistent coaches spots, which is one of the other reasons why I, you know, kind of went against that whole Milt Wagner thing um, is because you can utilize one of those assistant coaching spots. If you can get a guy who has a good relationship with another team that either has players there that you think might help fit, um, or if he has relationships with guys that he's recruited that would want to play for him, that's an added bonus for having guys that are right now out there coaching um, on the sidelines is because you get the immediate benefit of possibly players on that team's roster or recruits that that guy is currently recruiting, whereas Milt ain't recruiting nobody. Milt ain't been out there coaching anybody. So you're literally getting him for the hopes that you can get his grandson next year. And that's pretty much the only benefit you get out of it. Now, granted, his grandson is the number one player in the 2023 class. Um, but that's more, um, you know, I, I am definitely one of those guys in Haven. Yeah, you know, you can let me know what you think. But, I mean, I feel like a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Like, you know, I, I think that that's, that's important. Um, uh, you know, and he gave me the thumb, thumbs up, said good, good info. I appreciate it. Thank you. I, you know, I, I think that um, there's a lot that remains to be seen, and and I don't want to be seen. I so somebody asked me, am I the new Tim Sullivan? <laughs> they, they, they were like, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not Tim Sullivan. Haven, you don't think I'm Tim Sullivan, do you? No, 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 no. You don't throw like nowhere near that much shade. It's just, <laughs> it's just recently you started throwing a lot of shade. I don't think I'm you know, being negative though. You know, I, I I feel like my questions are legitimate though, aren't they? No, they are legit. And here's the thing: like normally I tease you for being just like a U of L homer. <laughs> yes, you do. Normally, like that, like that's what I do. I just tease you for being just a constant U of L homer because I'm normally the one who's like, yeah, but right. I'm 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 so happy you guys are happy. But however, comma. Yeah. This is like your first time like kind of going against like the status quo when it comes, especially like Are you calling me a yes man to my face right now? I'm not calling you a yes man, <laughs> but you know, you tend like to go with the, you know, you know, you're you're always on the bright side of yes. the athletics. You always look yes. at the, you know, like, well, you know, things aren't really aren't that bad. You know, there's oh look at this over right. here. Oh, look at this over here. See, it's not that it's not yeah, we're owing we're owing whatever, but Look at the bright side. These guys are playing well, and this guy does this, this and this guy can do that. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be much better. So, like, that's normally what you do. This is like, I think it's the first time a lot of people who follow you have actually seen you kind of be like really critical of the program. Well, you know what? When you have to deal with Scott Satterfield's foolishness, and you have to deal with all this stuff going on with Chris Mack losing games and, 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 and playing games way too close and not playing your young players and being stubborn. Like I, I call I try to call it like I see it, Haven, you know, I just, I just, and you know, this Kenny Payne thing, like Louisville basketball is my first love, man. I was born on Cardinal sheets. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I bleed red and black, you know, and, and it's important to me. You know, and I've been in this game long enough and I've seen coaching long enough to know 
you know, that everything that glitters ain't gold. And, you know, just because uh, you tell me something, I, I am I don't listen to, to smoke blowers. There's a lot of smoke blowers. I don't know if you know that, Haven. Especially, you know, we deal with a lot in the boxing game and MMA. So we're used to dealing with cats. Oh, running a mouth. <laughs> that are fast talkers. You know what I'm saying? We're used to that. And there was a lot of that fast talking going on with this whole Kenny Payne thing. And while I think that Kenny can be successful, and I think that there's a lot of merits there, there was also a lot of smoke blowing. I mean, what is happening? I mean, he has a great resume. I'm like, if you if you were looking at assistant coaches to hire as a first time head coach, Kenny's the man. I mean, he has like his resume is is awesome. If you're looking to hire an you know assistant coach, be his first time head coaching job. Yeah, yeah, his his resume is awesome. But I understand your argument that Lua was in the position where they should probably go get an established coach, especially not knowing what exactly the NCAA is going to do within the next five or ten years. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's the whole Fun question. on that joke about the five or ten yeah, years. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the question, though, legit. I mean, that, that's that's the whole thing. I, I did think it was interesting. They did uh, have news this week that the uh, there is a government bill that's trying to be passed that's going to basically, if passed, they're going to force the NCAA to make rulings within a 24-month time period. Um, and anything that happens, if it happens more than 24 months out, that it's null and void and nothing can happen. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, due processes and, and, and things that the NCAA kind of shuns or uh, shuffles their feet on uh, and drags their feet on that they are trying to get and eliminate. So I did think that was interesting. Well, you know, I think I think that's done on purpose. I think that's part of your punishment is the fact that they take like. Oh, absolutely years. it is. Absolutely. Like, like what they're going to do. They came out and said that they talked to one of the former investigators from the NCAA during the Miami Nevis Shapiro, Shapiro case. And he literally came out and said that we intentionally slow play the process because we feel like that's part of the punishment. Instead of just adjudicating, you know, researching the information and making a ruling. They literally do it on purpose to, to make it slowly to, to hurt the program in that way. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's part of it. But, I mean, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, change coming. Um, but, you know, Kenny Payne is going to be in a, in, a, in a situation, in a position to where Louisville's going to have an opportunity. Um, if not this coming year in his first year, definitely after his first year. I don't think that even if they, let's say, the NCAA comes back and takes away a postseason, I don't think it's going to be more than one postseason. And I don't think – I think that, you know, in some ways, if Kenny Payne has a ban that first season, it takes a lot of the pressure off. He can use it as a kind of a dry, uh, trial run to get his feet under him as a coach, and there's no expectation around it because everybody will know that there's no tournament at the end. Um, so in some ways that would take pressure off him, even though all of the fans would be very, very sad. Um, you know, And then basically his first season in earnest would be what you would say would hopefully be a D.J. Wagner-led Louisville team, um, You know, but <laughs> – that remains to be seen. I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see all that, all that shakes out. You know, and I also like to remind people, so I know I said this on Twitter and Facebook and all the other social medias, and I'm going to say on the, the radio as well. Uh, just please be patient with Kenny. Just be patient. You know, he's the first time, you know, his first time being a head coach, and you're coming into a marquee program. So I, I know he understands the pressure. He understands what being a coach at University of Louisville is all about. You know, he's played here. He's, he's been assistant head coach of Kentucky, so he, he knows how this works. But it's different when you're sitting in, you know, the catbird seat yourself and you're having to manage an entire program. You know, the mistakes will be made. 
Yes, you're going to look at some of the substitutions and scratch your head like, why is that happening? Yes, there's going to be a, a lot of times you're going to be like, why do you take a time out there? What's about these clock management issues? <laughs> you know, those are things that we're just going to have to grow with for the first year or two. I mean, we did when Bobby, when Bobby first got here. Absolutely. You know, Bobby had issues with clock management in some of his games. Heck, Mark Stoops had issues with clock management for like the first like seven years he was here at UK. He was still, you know, running uh, wide receivers uncovered on defense. No, no, you're right. You're right. So, I, I, you know, it, it takes a while. I, I want to let you know that I've gotten a text into the Thorns text line, 414-1450. Uh, texter says, Rashawn, your 41st Street pass has been revoked for, for the KP hate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not trying to hate on KP. Like, see, that's the whole thing, man. It's like, I, I'm trying to make folks understand, look, I'm not trying to hate on KP. I think the KP can be successful. But, you know, everybody promising puppies and rainbows and saying that we're going to get every five-star kid and that everybody's going to want to come here and every player that goes into the transfer portal was going to want to come to Louisville that's just not facts and that's just not true and that's just not going to happen and we're already starting to see some of these guys make other moves like people thought that you know it was a guarantee that uh, Sky Clark was decommitting from Kentucky and because of his relationship with KP he's coming to Louisville that's likely not going to happen okay and it's like one of those things where he may have to take some transfers from some more mid-major programs. He's going to have to, like the, the news that came out this week, Matt Cross has now entered his name into the transfer portal. Matt Cross will not be a part of the University of Louisville. Um, uh, Samuel Williamson has entered the transfer portal. He will not be a part of the University of Louisville. We've had Deontay Davis as well as Fred King announce that they were decommitting from the University of Louisville. Those two guys won't be a part of it. We've already seen Gabe Wisnitzer um, announce that he's going. Uh, right now, the only two guys that have committed to coming back is L. Ellis and uh, Sidney Curry, which is a great start. Those are the two guys that Louisville needed to have come back. But Louisville's going to have to still fill out a roster. And don't all I'm saying is don't expect for this team to be full of all five-star players. That's, that's my only point I say to all that is that, you know, that, that's just likely <laughs> – not going to happen, okay? Like Folks, we're just trying to give you some realism. Yes. So just chill out. Like just, yeah, just, relax. just some realism. Just let you know, just pump your brakes. Kenny's <laughs> going to get it done. I don't want my Forty First Street pass revoked, man. I like Forty First. You know what I'm saying? That's that's my stomping grounds. I grew up on Forty First and Ali. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I want to be able to go back. <laughs> like fellas. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That little corner store, man. I used to go to that corner store every day after school, man, and get my little uh, trade wins, uh, black lemonade, uh, black cherry lemonade, and, and a, a fudge round. Little Debbie. That was every day after school. You know what I'm saying? So that's like the, the place that's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I don't want them telling me I can't come back. <laughs> but I'm just saying, man, like I, I am all for KP success. I am a Louisville fan first. Okay, I am never going to be one of those people like certain people. Uh, I'm not going to be like certain people that just hate on the university at all times. Coach Eves hating all the time. Not all the time. All the time. Not all the time. He He went through Shade at KP's introductory press conference. Yes, he did. He, He did. Like, I feel like that's just his... It's just his thing. That's what that's what Coach Eves does, man. Like I, I I love him to death, and he's a cool dude, and I always enjoy when he talks. But he just I feel like his just standard mode is shade mode. <laughs> like he yeah, just you know. can't help it, man. Some but, guys like that, like Droopy. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. Hey, so hey, but let me find out. What what are your thoughts on the two games tonight, man? Duke UNC. 
What do you think is going to happen? We got a couple minutes left in the show. I just want to get your your, your Duke thoughts. Duke see uh, the obvious. I, I I've never liked Duke. Yes, I've always hated Duke. Yes, I've always hated Coach K. Yes, and for him to lose North Carolina Hubert Davis it just warmed the cockles of my heart. For him to lose to a brother would be beautiful. And I know it's not, you know, but I love it, especially after he hated on, uh, uh, um, what's his name, um, Tommy Amaker <laughs> and Tommy getting the job. I would love to see for Hubert Davis to go ahead and take him out, have an African-American head coach end his career and lose to UNC again, again after they whooped your ass on senior night at your crib. <laughs> like, that would be so awesome. That would be wonderful. Let's go, USC. I am going to be powder blue all day today. I have not capped this hard for UNC since I was a little kid. Let's go, Hills. So, so is, is that your pick? You picking UNC to win? I think, I, personally, I think UNC is the best team left in the field. I, I just want them to win. I, I really just want them to win just because I really just don't like Duke. Actually, I don't like North Carolina either, to be honest with you. I don't like either of the schools. I haven't. I like Roy, once, as soon as Roy Williams got hired at North Carolina, I was done with the Carolina program. Now, I've never liked North Carolina like ever. Uh, I, 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 back when they had Jordan Word that day. Back in the 80s, 90s, they, they were my second favorite program. They were not in my radar. I, I, I hated, I've always hated them. Yeah. Yeah. I hate, hate them. Hate the powder blue. Hate, hate the Argyle. But sweaters. of course, I was a Michael Jordan like. I loved Jordan. So anything that J- Jordan had any association with, that's not that's me. Why. Yeah, I hate them and do for, to the core forever. So okay, so we're, we're both on the North Carolina bandwagon. I agree with you. I think North Carolina's going to get it done. I personally think North Carolina's going to win the championship. I feel like they have as much talent and as much balance as anybody. So I, I think they're going to get that done. Um, what about on the other game, Villanova, uh, Kansas? Yeah. <laughs> After Villanova's guard went out with the torn Achilles, man, you have to go with you have to go with Kansas. I mean, I, I mean Villanova's a short staff, man. You you losing the guys giving you fourteen points a game. I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that it's it's going to be very very tough uh, for Villanova. They have a very short rotation as it is. They should have lost to Houston if Houston would have hit anything. You know, if they hit anything. They likely um, win that game, but they just could not, um, for whatever reason, hit a shot. Um, you know, so I mean, I, I I will say this: I think that Kansas will win, even though I'm not a big believer in Kansas. I think Bill Self is moving up that list of most overrated coaches of all time. Um, but you know, I I do think that Kansas will win. Championship night, Monday night. I think it's going to be Kansas. I think it's going to be North Carolina. And I think that Hubert Davis gets it done as an eight seed and wins the championship. He will tie Villanova for the lowest seeded team to win a championship. I think it happens, Haven. Yeah, there we go. I mean, I, I, I do. I mean, it would be, um, you know, I know a lot of Kentucky people roll their eyes and say, you know, I, you know, blue bloods. But, hey, you know what? I would rather uh, cheer for, for that African-American coach in his first year to get it done because, hey, maybe it means Louisville has hope. Hey, for Haven Harrington, Rashawn Myers, this is Wake Up 502. Hey, y'all, we're out. Be blessed. <laughs>